0: Shalom, Mishpucha. Shalom, family. Mishpucha is a Hebrew word, means family, and we're the Mishpucha, the family with a Jewish heart. Made up of Jewish and non Jewish people, where the middle wall is separation between Jew and Gentile, it's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpucha, to blow the grandest shofar, or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere to be. Red Hot for the Messiah. My guest, Rich Vera, is red hot for the Messiah. And if you had had the experience he had, I mean, going to heaven, uh, being given a supernatural gift where he just looks at people, and he knows what's going on inside of them, he knows about their future. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Rich, uh, you were telling me uh, off the air, that many times you can't watch Christian television because you know too much.
1: <laughs> That's correct. In fact, I make a choice not to because um, the same spirit that reveals to me when I'm in front of a person, I get to see, you know, so many things, and, and sometimes they don't match with their actions. So I just stay away.
0: Uh, no, I, un- I understand. That must be very—in uh, a way, it's, it's such a fabulous gift you have. But in another way, you know what? It reminds me of a guy I met once that had the same type of gift as you have. And he said, you know, Sid, sometimes I wish there was a a shield between myself and the person I'm talking to. I don't want to know what they're thinking.
1: Exactly, you know, and really it's, it's a gift that can get you personally in trouble because it's very easy to go from there to criticism and judging. So what really keeps you, it's walking in the love of God, knowing that God loves uh, people, and, and no matter what they're going through, there's always a way out, you know. So it's like you say, it can get you in trouble sometimes.
0: Okay, uh, I want to take you back to uh, the beginning, in my opinion, uh, based on uh, uh, studying the notes of your life, uh, you got a free ticket to Orlando, uh, but that was not what you thought it was. You thought it was an opportunity to go to Disney, to go to bars, to have fun. So you rent a room, and the uh, owner of, of, of the rooming house just happened to be a member of Benny Hinn's church. And uh, why did you even go with her to, the, to a meeting?
1: That's correct. You know, actually, I just turned 18. So I had the legal age to go and, you know, do things that I could not as a young and a young person. And I took the pass because the the ticket because it was a free ticket to go away from home and do something without my parents finding out. And when I went to Orlando, I I was fully intended on going out to the clubs, going out, you know, as a young man, uh, meet some girls and just, you know, live it up. And it happens to be a very rainy day in Orlando, and Orlando, when it rains, it really rains in Florida. And I didn't have a car, so I have to walk, catch the bus anywhere I went. And the lady asked me if I'd like to go and get something to eat, and she says, I'll buy you something. So as an 18-year-old kid, if you're going to buy me some food, I'm going to say yes. So I went and we went to Burger King and she said, order whatever you want. And I order, you know, extra large of this and an extra milkshake and an extra this. In the middle of my eating, she looks at me and says, how about going to church tonight with me? And I saw myself eating all the food she just bought me. And if I was going to say no, I thought she was going to charge me for it. So I said, you know what? I thought to myself, "Let's go to the mass. Forty-five minutes, you know. Get out, and she's happy, and you have free food."
0: Uh, what did you think when you saw people being healed? When miracles started happening at that Benny Hinn uh, service?
1: You know, never in my life went to a to a uh, a Christian church. Never uh, anyone ever witnessed to me the gospel. Uh, or my only experience was the Mass. When I walk in the place, I was really overcome by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now I know it to be. Back then, I had no idea what it was. Uh, I felt a desire to cry and cry and cry, and and like an electrical current will go in and out of my body. So I was first of all overcome by that, and that caught my attention. That's what caused me to stay and now walk out in the parking lot waiting for the lady to get out. And then suddenly... Pastor Benny comes out and begins to sing some worship, and I don't know what he preached, what he said, because the whole time I was overcome by the presence of God until uh, he started calling people out, and there was a young man with a brain tumor, a brain cancer, and the mom comes up, and the young man was healed, and, and, and the head that was, uh, there was a large was being reduced, and another young man who dove into a pool... Uh, with little water and broke his neck, was paralyzed, got out of the wheelchair, was walking. They were crying. He prayed for them. You know, the power of the Spirit touched them. And I was completely hooked to it uh, because the presence of the Lord, plus what I was seeing, it gripped my heart. And I just knew there was something to it that was beyond a church show.
0: But then that evening... At 2.30 in the morning, something happened to you that I assume this has never happened to you before.
1: Yes, it's true. I never had a spiritual experience in my life, never saw it. I was the most disqualified person to have a spiritual experience. I mean, I, I was a churchgoer by name, yet living a life of any worldly teenager out there. But I went to the house, and there was a Bible place on the... A table next to our bed i was used to seeing bibles all my life growing up so it wasn't a big deal having a bible and i felt something inside of me put a desire to read the red writings of jesus in the book of john well as a catholic i was familiar with the, uh, with the scriptures to a point and i was always fascinated by the writings uh, the uh, the red words of the bible i always loved them so I opened that and started reading them, and I fell asleep reading the, uh, the Red Words of Jesus in the Bible. And around 2.30 in the morning, and I know it was that time because the alarm clock had the big red numbers, and about 2.30 in the morning, I felt that somebody came in my room and turned the lights on. So my reaction was to sit up to see who came in the room, and the moment I sat up, an invisible hand hit me on the chest, and nailed me back on the bed, and my entire body got paralyzed. It felt like, like like electricity on my body. I couldn't move my fingers. All I could move was my eyes, and my heart was beating with fear. And suddenly through the door, without opening the door, the whole room became as if the lights were on, and I see two individuals walk through the door. And at the moment they walked in, Uh, experienced a vision the first time I had a vision and I saw this mass of people as far as the eye could see everybody was wearing black clothes black hoods and way at the end there was a small little door with a bright light and instantly I knew that's the place that I want to be and because of the press of people wasn't able to get to the light and I I saw the hands of the Lord stretched towards me not saying a word just a smile on his face with his hand stretched towards me and I ignore him and I try to climb off on top of people to get to the light and I kept falling on the ground. In my frustration, I thought to myself, maybe he can help me. On the moment my hand stretched out and my finger, touch his finger, my middle finger, touch his middle finger. In that second, I was taken from the back of the line, and I found myself inside this room that was bright. And the light was going around me, was going through me. The light, it was an incredible light, but all I did was weep and weep and weep. Suddenly, when I open my uh, 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 after crying, open my eyes, and I see the Lord, and he tells me something. He says, nothing will separate you from the love of God when you are 21 years of age. I'm going to have a plan for your life, and you will preach my word, and, and you will do what I have for your life. I had no idea what he meant. All I know is that I was crying so hard that I felt inside of me just to embrace him. So my body hugged the lower part of his body, and he laid his hands on the back of my head, and I felt currents of that same electricity I felt at the church. Now it was flowing up and down my body. And then suddenly he left, went out to the door. The room went back to darkness. The hand let me go from the bed, and I jumped on my feet. And I opened the door, looked to the right, to the left. The, room, the house was dark. Went into the bathroom. Couldn't believe that I was crying like a little baby. Could not believe. And I raised my hands in the bathroom, and I said, from now on, I know that you are the Christ. And I put my faith in you instantly in that bathroom this weird foreign language began to come out of my mouth. I felt my mouth by itself beginning to gibber and talk, and I had no idea what it was, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and began praying in tongues right in that bathroom.
0: And then a week later, you heard the audible voice of God. What did he say to you?
1: I went every single day to the church, never made it to the clubs, never made it to Disney. It's like the Lord took me and took every desire out, and all I wanted was more of this experience. I went to church, it was a Sunday night, living out of a healing service. Then he used to have healing services every Sunday night, and I'm living the healing service, maybe 10 p.m. There was a young guy on a motorcycle who said, I'll give you a ride, if you don't mind riding on a bike, and I say, not at all, I'm, and, I li- and I'm staying so many miles away. And he told me, go ahead and wear my helmet. It's for safety, so I put the helmet on. We're living the parking lot, not even two blocks from the church. I hear from the inside of the helmet a voice like a radio talk to me and says, you're not going back. I took the helmet out, and I look inside the helmet, and I told my friend, I said, Jesus, just talk to me right now. And he goes, what? And I said, Jesus, is inside of my helmet. And he just told me that I'm not going back. So he pulls from the side and tells me, what do you mean he's inside? He's not inside of your helmet. So I'm looking inside of the helmet. And I say, hey. and the voice came, and I'm patting the helmet. And I just knew instantly. Of course, my friend was laughing, thinking oh, I'm just being fanatical or crazy.
0: But, but you know, that was such an important word, because if you left and gone home, you wouldn't have been discipled and mentored, became a youth leader. But you had such an insatiable hunger for the presence of God. You you would pray hours every day. Uh, and And you began to hear God's voice clearly, even without that motorcycle helmet. Uh, But uh, seriously... I am. I can't wait for everyone to hear what happened when you went to heaven, because when you went to heaven, you were given skills to allow people to enter the glory of God, how to live in the glory, how to have everything they need in the glory of God. Healings occur. Creative miracles occur. Uh, you begin to hear God's voice for yourself. You're restored in every area of your life. We're making these four CDs that have the teaching you received in heaven uh, that is, has that same impartation as if you walked right into their room right now and started speaking to them. And I'm excited to tell you that we're bonusing a DVD of Rich Vera ministering here at our television and mentoring studio. The presence of God was so strong, the teaching so rich. We're making the entire package available for a gift of $40. $40. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 447 2697 Tell me about the vision of Jesus. You actually were taken in vision form to Jerusalem. Tell me about that, Rich.
1: Yes, you know, uh, up to that time, I was so hungry for the presence of God, I grew up in a church where the presence of God was the emphasis, and, and of course, Benny Him by then wrote the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit, which I devoured that book, and, and I made it part of my life. So in the middle of this, you know, praying and spending time with God and His presence and in worship, it was just a unknown for us. And so the Lord sent me to Argentina in May 1997. I was supposed to go for a week, once again, with a group of young people as a missionary, and uh, in the meeting, I was not expecting what the Lord had in store. The, the last weekend of the meeting, uh, the pastor asked me if I would go up there and, and, and share a testimony. And I said, yes, and I will. And, and I go up there and open my mouth. And suddenly I felt a rumbling come on the room. And the power of God hit. And there was about 250 people. And all of them were, fell on the power of God at the same time. And there was such a move of God that the meetings turn into a week, suddenly into a month, six months. And two and a half years later, I'm still in Argentina having revival meetings. And people were getting blessed. I went to the north of Argentina, and one of the services, uh, the pastor, uh, after lunch, there's a custom in Argentina that you take a nap. Everybody naps from 12 to 4 p.m. They close just about every business, and you go and nap and rest and then resume work at 4 p.m. And the pastor says, I have a feeling that something very unusual is going to happen tonight. And I said to him, well, you know, great. You know, I'm ready for it. I went to the little girl's room. I'm laying on top of a, of a princess bed and trying to nap. And finally I was almost between sleep and being awake and I go into this vision. And on this vision, I see the Lord Jesus walking the streets of Jerusalem, uh, uh, the, the dirt roads and healing the sick. There were sick people on the left and on the right and blind and deaf and cripples and all kinds of suffering people. And he's touching them and, and speaking to them and laying hands on them. And they were getting healed. And I was following him from behind like a cheerleader going like, yes, go do it. <laughs> and suddenly he stops, turns around and says, now you do it and points his finger towards me. And honestly, my reaction was like, I cannot. I say, I have not been in. And he got close to me, and he got his body into my body. The closest of what I describe this is the uh, uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost, you know, the old cartoons, you know. And when his body got into my body, his body shape, which was different than mine, it conformed to the shape and the size of my body. And the moment he got in, I felt this incredible force on the inside of me. And then I walked and I continued exactly where he left, doing exactly what I saw, touching some people, helping some, praying over some.
0: Okay, when you did this, what happened?
1: Well, about a minute after this, uh, uh, I come out of this vision. And when I come out of this vision, uh, uh, the Lord speaks to me in an audible voice and says, your healing ministry begins today. Pray for the sick. And I kept quiet. I didn't tell the pastor. That night I went to service. I, I, I didn't want to tell the pastor. I was really afraid. I was concerned. And that night I'm trying to flow in the anointing of revival and nothing was happening. I tried to pray for people, pump the music up. Nothing was happening. And I begin to go, God, did I do anything wrong? Did I sin? Maybe I didn't pray enough. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, Pray for the sick. And I said to him, God, no, what if nothing gets healed, nothing happens? And suddenly I said, well, how many sick people in this place stand up? And I'm thinking it's going to be maybe five people. There was about 150 people that stood up that night with sickness. And I look in the crowd to look for somebody who looks the easiest case. And I went to a child on the front row. And I thought maybe this child has a problem with the lungs or a headache. I'll just pray for him. And, you know, if nothing happens, then I'll just send them home, you know, play it off. But I didn't realize that this child was crippled, had a a metal brace on his left leg, a shoe that was many, many inches uh, with a heel for him to walk with a a leg that, that was crippled and short.
0: Now, why couldn't you just get someone with a headache? (laughs)
1: Because <laughs> the Lord blinded me from that.
0: <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Go, go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't see the child with the braces, and I approached him, and the Lord set me up. So I kneel down, and I say, how many of you believe the Lord can heal this child of whatever problem it is? And the whole cry is going, amen. And while I'm talking, and I have my hands on his knees, that child's leg stretches passes the other leg and comes back to the size of the leg that was good when i saw this i fell real quick on my back and i walk and i run behind the keyboard player and the mom took the braces out and the child took off running and the powers got hit and many miracles happened and that's how my miracle ministry began
0: and and you know i i asked you a question when we were off the air Uh, and that was because uh, when you you began to know things about people and and people didn't want to hear it, uh, and people began uh, persecuting you for these amazing gifts that you had, and you kind of pretty much backslid. You went to Hawaii. You became a businessman. uh, You were fairly successful, but you were backslidden. And I said to you, how does someone that has had an experience like you've had? How can they backslide? I don't get it. And you said, Sid, you have to know there is physical sickness, but then there is wickedness of the heart. It's called iniquities, and that is that explains how people uh, could have great experiences with God, great miracles but still, in a weak moment, fall back to their old nature.
1: Exactly. You know, an iniquity, it's it's not an action. An iniquity is the character of an action. You know, so so most people focus, you know, on the action. This person, you know, did this or did wrong, committed adultery, went with a prostitute, did something. You know, but for every action, there is a character behind that action. There is something that causes that person to do that action, and well, we have focused on don't do this. Many times wouldn't realize that the reason they're doing it is because there's a deep issue of the heart that needs to be dealt by the presence of the Lord, needs to be dealt by the renewing of the mind, and needs to be dealt by the power of God. So we, and that's what the Bible calls it iniquity. So iniquity is the character of an action, and God, uh, the iniquity is the heart. You see, the sin is the exterior of things. You do something, you bring, you transgress the law of God. You but, but
0: it's not the cause. It, it's the, the transgression is what you do because of that iniquity in the heart, in other words.
1: That's exactly right. So we have focus on the action. So we have a group of people that they're living lives that are good. People say, well, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't have sex out of marriage. And that's great that you keep a good life, but if there's iniquity in your life, if there's a a heart that has harbored something that you inherit, or maybe a a character flaw from the family, like like people says, you know, people come from families that are drinkers, or that are womanizers, and suddenly you don't realize it, and that spirit, that thing got into you and and you don't know why it's operating the same spirit that operated on your father and operated on your grandfather you know so this is something that jesus wants to deal with
0: and 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 you, and you know um the thing that happened is you got set free and tell me about it you actually thought you were dying on november 2005 you thought you were having a heart attack what happened
1: I was grilling fish at a friend's house, and I had what I f- it felt like a heart attack, and suddenly I fainted on the ground, passed out, and I was instantly taken out of my body and taken, taken to the gate of what it seemed to me heaven at that time. And I saw the Lord, and all I could do was fall at his feet. And I always had the, the idea that when I see Jesus, I'm going to jump all over him and kiss him and hug him. But this time there was such a terrifying fear. Uh, and, and I fell at his feet and all I could do was just beg the Lord for his mercy to give me the opportunity to go back and, and, and make it right. And that I'll go back and preach the gospel and I will live for you and I will not compromise. If you just give me one opportunity, I'll do everything you want me to do. It felt like hours. Finally, I begin to hear at the distance way down there, the noise of the ambulance coming to the house. And when I began to look down and I saw the ambulance, the people on the back taking the little bed going in the house, in that moment I woke up on my friend's backyard. And all I could like say was, don't let them take me. This is not a sickness. I say I'm alive as it is an experience from God. They had no idea what I was talking about. They dismissed the, the paramedics. They dragged me in the house, threw me on their couch. And the moment I hit that couch, I was out of my body, back in heaven. But this time, I was talking with the Lord and walking with him.
0: Uh, how many hours were you in
1: heaven? You know, my experience physically, it, it was about six six hours, a little over six hours. But I know for a fact that me being there, and this might sound very unusual, it felt like I was there for weeks and months.
0: Wait, wait No, it doesn't sound unusual to me. And the reason it doesn't sound unusual is there's no time in heaven. For six hours, you were in heaven. Tell me what you remember.
1: You know, uh, the number one thing that happened to me, it was I became aware of how much God has entrusted us and how much is there to do for God and his kingdom, and how little do we actually accomplish. The much that we think we have done is really little compared to how much God has for us. That's one of the reasons why I say, God, let me go back and make it right. And um, and number two that I remember was uh, uh, the Lord restored me the power of his uh, restoration by by his word, by his voice, because uh, when he looked at me, suddenly he said to me, why have you allowed what people say? And he was asking me this. Why did you allow what people said to you and what people did to you to, to get you away? Don't you know that I was the one that was with you since you were a child? And as he begins to describe events and having a visual of the events that he was with me throughout my life, but I had no idea he was with me. Car accidents, sports accidents, little decisions that I made that I thought it was me and it was life significance and so on and so on. As he's speaking this to me, suddenly his words, his voice, the words coming out of his mouth, it was like a waterfall that was cleaning my insides. And by the time he says, now, from this time on, you follow me and you obey me. And I will take you to places where no one else will take you away from me. When he finished saying this, I was completely delivered from bitterness, from anger, from resentment. And I was filled with the love of Jesus in such a way that every person that did me wrong, I wanted to run to them and kiss him, and hug him, and embrace him, and carry them. Because God replaced that bitterness instantly with the love of God.
0: Uh, you know what? I have observed that. Uh, Just by talking to you several times on the telephone, Uh, we'll talk about someone that uh, perhaps is on television uh, that has an international ministry uh, that is saying one thing but living a different type of life. And you're able to see this. And I was wondering how you can act so loving towards them. This is the way we should normally operate uh, as opposed to… I I I mean I, I I just I I was pondering that. Here you know all the secrets of these men's hearts. You know their sins, and you're still loving them. How do you do that?
1: You see it. It's- the love of jesus the scripture says that the love of god is shed in our hearts by the holy spirit we cannot love people we cannot love god if god don't causes us to love the scripture says we love him because he first loved us you know and and when we try to love people with our natural love there will always be an opportunity for us to be offended and to doubt it but when the love of god is put on the inside of us the worst of sinners uh, and, and the worst of people, there is such a flow. Actually, the worse the person is, the more the love of God wants to be manifested. And I experienced that because I didn't have that on my own. I, I never, I've never, never been the loving type of emotional person that, that wasn't me I was I was a teenager I was a kid that got safe and had an attitude in the world and and loved to fight and suddenly here God is putting love in his heart and bringing me to people that have incredible flaws uh, because God can trust me that I'm going to love them and many times by showing the love of God i see restoration of their lives their ministries suddenly things that all they needed for was that love of God to be manifested And that's one of the greatest things that the Lord can do is through his love, he sets us free.
0: Now, you you met a number of people that I've only read about in the Bible. Most people have only read about in the Bible. Uh, You met uh, Jeremiah, Moses, Elijah, Peter. What did you learn from Peter? I'm curious.
1: (laughs) I learned from Peter one thing, that first of all, I ask him how 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 was it like that your shadow I mean healed the sick I mean tell me about it and he says it was not my shadow like you think your shadow he says it was the cloud of the glory of God that hovered over Peter. And when people saw that, they thought it was Peter's shadow, but actually Peter was full of the glory of God, and it was the shadow of the glory of God that when he went through people, uh, did incredible miracles. Peter was a man that, after denying the Lord and, and what we know of him, suddenly he came to a place of death to self where it was no longer peter doing what he wanted now it was jesus ruling his life literally he became a control individual by the spirit of god
0: uh, you know here in the west uh, uh, rich we do not know a phrase that you just rattled off your, your your lips and that is "die to self what does that really mean
1: you know I have experienced that, and there's, you grow in levels of this, but die, die to self, in the scripture, it means that you know, you yield your will, you yield yourself, you yield your desires, you yield your who you are completely. Jesus and come to a place of total surrender where, Lord, it's not what I want to do, it's not who I want to be, it's not how I want to do it, I said, it's how you want it and what you want. And this is a process that the Holy Spirit takes you. Nobody can die by saying, I'm going to die to self. It, is, it begins with surrendering to the Spirit of God, and it takes you to the place where He cancels your presence, and the presence of God becomes your presence. And that's the greatest achievement any believer can have.
0: You know, as you're sharing this, I feel such a presence of God. But it's not my the normal presence I feel. It, it's, a, uh, it's a power. Uh, that's the only way I can. It, 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 it's a tangible power I'm feeling in my whole body as you're speaking right now. Now, I know you know things. What am
1: I feeling? You know, you know, uh, when I speak about this, because it was such a real experience. Almost every time I speak about it, I, I can be almost transported back to that experience without leaving my body. You know? Th-
0: that's what I was thinking. I, and, and now, tell me, tell me a bit about Isaiah, because he wrote a chapter that you told me is significant, because he taught you from it. But to me. In the entire Old Testament, the most graphic presentation of Jesus is the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. I mean, to me, that could be one of the Gospels. It's, it's so wonderful and so filled with revelation. Uh, but the, the truth is, it was written eight 900 years uh, uh, before Jesus even came to earth. Uh, did he uh, tell me what he told you about Isaiah the fifty third chapter that's what I want to know.
1: <laughs> yes, my first introduction, how would I say uh, uh, when I was walking with the Lord, I had a million questions because I could still use my mind and think like I thought down here, and I wanted to ask a million questions about the gifts of the spirit, how does the, gift, the, the working of miracles, prophecy work so this are the gifts that God has given me, so I wanted to know, and the Lord wouldn't answer my questions. All he kept telling me is about talking about his glory. And I go, I know, Lord, but I want to know this. And then suddenly this individual comes from behind. But when I saw him, he didn't tell me who he was. Instantly I knew who he was and he knew me. So when you go to heaven, you will be known and you will know everybody. Without, nobody has to say, Hi, my name is Sid, my name is Rich. You just know people. Like if, like if you know them all your life. And when he came and I saw them, his introduction line was uh, Isaiah chapter 6. And he came from behind and, and uttered these words, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up and sitting on his throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And it was like that was his introduction line. And when he's saying this to me, I instantly went into a vision. Now, this is what I learned about the voice of God said. When God talks... You don't, you don't only hear something, you see something. The voice of God is an audio and a video at the same time. And that's why prophetic people, they say, well, I see this. Well, you're not seeing. You're hearing something, but you're seeing. So when he spoke, I could hear his words, and I could see it. And suddenly I see this mountain. And way on this mountain on high, there was a palace. And on that palace, it was covered half by a very dark cloud. It looked like a rain cloud about to pour and when he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And this palace was semi-floating in, on, on the mountain. And suddenly me, I said, well, I'm going to run up real fast up the mountain and try to touch it and come down. So I begin to run. And the more I run up the mountain, the higher it got. I stopped and suddenly it will stop. I run up and it'll go up. And I understood when I, say, I said, I saw the Lord high and lifted it up. It's like the same word, but it was high, but it keeps being exalted. It keeps going up. The worship of his people, the, 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 the praise, the, the love of his people, it keeps exalting. It put it in a position of greatness. And suddenly, when I saw this, and I realized I couldn't get to it, I saw a door open from the front, and this river came down. And suddenly, when this river came down, I looked at it, and it looked like the water was alive. It was, the water was as thick as liquid chocolate, but the river was gold. And when it started rolling, it, I saw these squirrels and these waves that they almost looked like a cartoon. It didn't look like a normal water. And suddenly the voice of the Lord comes from behind and says, the river of life, whose uh, streams are flowing, bring healing and everything that it touches, it heals.
0: Whoops. I'm sorry. We're out of time. You told me just before we went on the air what's going to happen to people that listen to this week's
1: interview. Absolutely. I, I really feel strong of the Holy Spirit, that people are going to be restored, uh, are going to be healing their lives. You know, uh, some, maybe some, some of you were hurt because of uh, somebody did something to you, you backslid, uh, things happened in church. You know, so many ways how the enemy uses to throw us away, but I feel God is going to do the same thing that happened to me. The same Jesus that sought me and restored me when I wasn't worthy of it is going to do it for. So many people that are listening to us right now.
0: Did God show you when you were in heaven what you would be doing in the future? What did he show you?
1: You know, after that long experience that I have, and I was able to see everything that I saw, and there's so much to it— the Lord, the number one thing is he began to restore my, my walk, my love, my confidence. Uh, I was able to uh, to converse with Isaiah, and, and I was able to see uh, I, I, and be explained. Isaiah 53, and, and I realized that the agenda of the Lord is to bring healing and restoration to the world. You know, I, I mean, and he, he came not for the healthy, but for the sick and not only healing in the sense of physical ailment, even though that's included in the package, but healing of lives, healings of, of, of families a restoration of, of who we are as individuals. And you see, uh, uh, it, that's what Jesus thats on, on his mind. Salvation is about restoring people back to their creator. You know, everything is about restoration with God, you know, and that's the passion and the heart of the Lord and and I saw that and the Lord says when you go back he told me now I'm commissioning you the Lord told me and you go and preach my gospel and you speak everything that I will tell you and you will not fear men because I am sending you and to me you will respond when he said this to me lay hands on the top of my head and I could feel the anointing come in such a refreshing way and the Lord says now go and tell them tell my church not to be ashamed of who I am, not to be ashamed of my word, to proclaim my word that I long to support him and to back him up as they preach my word, not to be afraid of the faces of the people, not to be about to proclaim my message that I'm still healed, deliver, restore, and save.
0: You, you know what I believe right now? If people that are listening, you, you're listening right now, if you're driving pull-off to the side of the road— Put your hand on your heart right now, and I believe that as rich praise for you, there is going to be such a strong glory that whatever you need healing of, any type of inner healing, any type of physical healing, uh, and any type of uh, backsliddenness and sin areas— this this is your moment. Rich, would you pray for these yes. people right now? You know,
1: now? There are, the Lord shows me there are minister's listening, you lost your ministry, things happened to you and you felt and people stole you that you will never preach again because A, B, C, and D, the Lord Jesus wants to restore you. And this time will not be your ministry, it will be His ministry to your life. There are people that have lost their walks, literally, I feel so many people, you have wo- lost the first love and that intimate walk with Jesus because things happen. Maybe you you went through a divorce maybe you went through an adultery maybe you 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 committed a sin that you feel that you can never be forgiven there is forgiveness there is restoration and right now father in the name of the lord jesus We pray that the Holy Spirit will touch every heart, every mind, every physical body, that you bring restoration to ministries, to callings, to families, to your children, in spite of what they have done, in spite of what they feel they will not be forgiven of. Holy Spirit, send your love and your power and bring them back. We release your glory and your power that restores right now. And we release you from your sins. We release you from your bondage in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, you that are listening, just pray after me, real quickly. Lord Jesus,
0: Lord Jesus,
1: forgive my sin.
0: Forgive my sin.
1: And come back to my life.
0: And come back to my
1: life. I receive you.
0: I receive you
1: as my Savior.
0: As my Savior.
1: My healer. My healer. And the one that restores me today.
0: And the one that restores me today. I
1: thank you, Jesus.
0: I thank you, Jesus.
1: Amen and amen. Amen.
0: Now, when you came back from all this revelation in heaven, you began mm-hmm. to see the secrets of people's lives. Explain that to me.
1: Yes, uh, the Lord told me uh, that I, that He was going to change my ministry a little bit, and He was going to, and the Lord put in a group of people in front of me and says, "Look at him." And he says, What do you see? And I said, Well, I see a a, a blonde person, you know, a Latino person, African American person. And he says, Look again, what do you see? And I said, Well, I see, you know, hair. And he goes, Look again, what do you see? And I, and I began to describe. And then suddenly he's. An angel spin him around, and it was like an angel like, peeled him like a banana, if you want to call it. But when he peeled them from the back, I could not see their body organs. All I could see was the abuse on their life, that rejection, that divorce, what happened to them when they were little, and the things that God will do in their future. And when I saw that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, now I will give you eyes to see and you will speak what you see in their lives, and you will know the things that they have gone through and some of the secrets that is holding, holding the people away from my presence. And as you speak to them, I will heal them, I will deliver them, and I will restore them. And that's how that gift literally was triggered in my life, which works mightily now now with people around the world.
0: Give, give me an example. For instance, what happened when you met the prime minister from the Caribbean?
1: Yes, you know, I went to a church to hold a healing uh, crusade, and the man was a... a a, a Presbyterian growing up, uh, he calls me to the office and says, you know, I hear that you are a Christian psychic. And I say, there's no such thing as psychics. I said, but I hear the Lord, and I speak as he shows me. So uh, he sits me down and says, tell me something. And I said, well, and I say, behind the doors you have, the drawers, you have a, a, a roll of plans, and you're planning to build some things for the youth, and so on and so on, and, and you just met with some people. And he says, well, that's amazing, because nobody knows except three of us, because we're just beginning to plan. So he says... Would you like to come uh, for dinner with me tonight? And I say, yes. We went to a steakhouse, and we're sitting down, and he says, "Uh, tell me something else. And I said to him, are you sure you want me to tell you? And he says, yes. And I say, you know, you're married, you have a child, and so on, but you also have a girlfriend. You know, and and your girlfriend, in fact, sent you today to check me out because she believes that I'm full of it. I say, if you do not go back and let go of this girl and go back to your wife and repent, I said, you're going to lose your, your post, you're going to lose your wife, and your girlfriend will leave you within a year. The man dropped the fork on the ground, and he was so shocked, and grabbed me by the hand and said, what must I do? And I said, like Peter in the Bible, repent and be converted, that your sins may be wiped out. And I led him to the Lord right than and then, and the man became a follower of Jesus, really a follower of Jesus. And it was just like I told him.
0: And did but he backslid. What happened? You,
1: you know, uh, of course, I, I had contact with him here and there, and he uh, end up. I think. Uh, uh, Later down the road, compromising and so on, and he ended up, uh, what I heard was that his wife ended up leaving him, and then the party, the the, the political party that was uh, that he was in was voted out, so he was removed, and it was a whole mess, and he called me from some council, and, and I remember friends up to a few years that we lost contact, you know, but he learned his lesson, you know, I mean, when God said something, he means it. He was so broken from his wife walking away from him. That he ended up leaving his girlfriend and, and returning to his wife and getting his marriage restored. And God is always that restored. That's the number one point. Uh,
0: you, you've had words about President Clinton, President Obama. As a matter of fact, you heard a word about President Obama. I have never, ever heard anything about. Uh, And and before you—I'll have you share that word on tomorrow's broadcast, but before you share that, uh, when you hear a word like that over, say, a president, um, do you think it's true, or do you know it's God speaking to you? I mean, between you and me. Tell me the truth.
1: You know, I know it's God because I don't seek for the word. Suddenly I could be talking with somebody, and and it's— Download it on me, and sometimes it downloads in a form of a vision, or sometimes it downloads on the, on the uh, like a voice, like a strong inner voice. And when it comes to me like this, I have learned to discern it when it's the spirit of the Lord, and, and I release it. And when it comes to me something that I'm not too sure, I just hold it back until I know. I, I'm, I don't just speak whatever comes to my mind.
0: Tell, tell me, tell me one celebrity you had a prophetic word about very quickly.
1: Well, I remember in my congregation uh, uh, when uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, the the TV uh, uh, girl, got got married. Uh, I went to my church and the Lord revealed to me and says this uh, you know she, uh, this is going to break up the girl, uh, the marriage will not last but only days and uh, because I want to uh, do something in the life of the man that was the husband the Lord revealed to me that he had a Christian background I never met him never talked to him and the man compromised his walk and and, and so I went up public and says you know let's pray for them because they just got married but they're not going to last but only days and, then, and it's going to be a whole mess but God's going to do something with this Christian Christian walk. And surely, uh, I mean, I have this recorded on video, the prophetic words, and it was um, um, uh, weeks later where he came all over the news that the marriage fell apart. Oops,
0: I'm sorry, we're out of time. I'm hearing something about a black man about President Obama. Now I know that you heard a word about him. You tell me what you heard about President Obama. First of all, did you know he was going to win before he uh became president?
1: Yes, I knew the uh, the first time he was uh, elected, I was having a, a revival meetings in Upstate New York and and the Lord uh, uh gave me an experience where I could I spent about 7 hours sitting with him talking somehow and it's like he shared about his life and his upbringing and so on. And then when I was done with that, the Lord says that he will win not only one term, but he will be for a second, for a second term. And I got up that night on the pulpit and I declare it. And we recorded it on a CD, which uh, it has been all over New York. And surely about a month or a month and a half later, he won the first election. And then, of course, now the second term.
0: Now, what... What have you heard about President Obama that has got me so excited because I have never heard anyone share this before?
1: Yes, you know, the, the, the Lord shared with me that in this uh, second term that the Lord was going to touch his heart and, and direct it into a direction that was going to do some things and favor some of the causes for Christians and some of the things for Christians, it wasn't going to be something as up op- as opposing as more, more we believe. So there's going to be some things going on that we're going to bring definitely favor and and uh, and help some of the Christian causes. That's what I heard from the Lord.
0: So are you saying that he's going to be a sold-out Christian and take Christian stands against homosexuality and uh, and against abortion?
1: No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the Lord was going to use him, even sometimes without his, him being aware, the Lord was going to cause some, through him, some of the causes of Christians to, uh, to be favor. But uh, some of the things were going to be done without him even realizing he's doing them.
0: Okay. Uh, let, let me ask you about, God showed you what was going to happen this year. Tell me some of the things God showed you.
1: You know, I saw that God was going to bless tremendously people that were to invest or uh, do things when it comes to farming and agriculture that this was going to be the next thing that God was going to begin to bless and bring, bring great prosperity to many people that were going to invest and go in that direction. Uh, also, I saw that many people in high positions, whether it's politics or, or, or celebrities or even church leaders, that God was, and this year, he was going to remove them out of their post. A lot of them were going to, uh, get out of their post, uh, whether it 's through a sickness or through different uh, circumstances or 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 financial situations, but God was going to uh, uh, get him out and get a whole brand new group of of people to go up uh, to the positions of leadership
0: uh, yeah you know i 've been pondering about Christian television, and I believe where where there 's a new generation coming, and the um, uh, the ones that were involved in the last move of God's Spirit, uh, many of them, uh, what you prophesied is going to happen. Sin is going to be exposed, uh, etc. Uh, and there's a whole new crop coming, is what I sense.
1: It's correct. There's, there's, a, there's a change of, of mantles, if you want to call it. There's an exchange and an acceleration that's coming, an, an exchange because there's a transfer from one generation to the other, and an acceleration because what took them 20, 30 years to accomplish, we're going to be able to accomplish in, in, in 2, 3, 4, five, 10 years. So there's an acceleration that God's going to do it because we're in the last days. So we are we are going to begin to see that this year, people accomplishing great things for God uh, in, in a short uh, uh, time frame.
0: Uh, what else did you see?
1: You know, I also saw that the God was going to uh, answer. Uh, uh people that have faithfully prayed and stood by him. This was going to be a year where an answer prayers were going to literally invade the life of believers. People that have prayed, whether it's for family members, sicknesses to go away, loved ones, financials, and have been faithful to the Lord, suddenly in this year there will be an, amount, an incredible amount of prayers being answered that are going to come to people also, this is the year where those women that have trusted the Lord for their wombs to be open, God was going to open wombs of, of married women by the thousands. It was going to be a, a season of great joy and a season of birthing that was coming uh, this year.
0: Uh, did you see any disasters occurring this year?
1: Yes, I, I saw an increase on, on water and air. I, I saw uh, uh, an increase of of things caused by the ocean coming from the ocean. The, uh, what happened in, on on the, on Sandy, New York? It's 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 one of the first that are, that, that are going to happen. Not only in America, but in other places, just water disasters and 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 air disasters. I saw this uh, happening in, in in the most unlikely of places, and just for the people to be prepared when this were to occur.
0: Did you see anything about Israel?
1: Yes, uh, I was in Israel uh, a few months ago, and for the first time, and was able to walk and mingle around the, among the locals. And the Lord showed me that there was going to come a spirit, uh, 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 like the Holy Spirit was going to blow His wind. But it was going to happen to the to the uh, Russian Jews. I, I saw them being visited of God in a supernatural way, and and just like a wind of the Holy Spirit blowing on the Russian Jews, and they were going to go. Literally bring a move of an awareness of the move of God to the area, and they could not be rejected or 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 cast away because they were. Uh, uh, just like them. They were part of, of their people. And I saw them, big gatherings of people taking place and, uh, with this community, and, and many of them preaching the gospel boldly, not only in big events, but also on the one-to-one, on the personal setting. And many, many Jewish people that are uh, uh, Orthodox Jewish, unable to, uh, uh, that were not open to the gospel before, because of the witness and the moving of the Spirit through the Russian Jew, they were going to come to Christ.
0: Now, when you were in heaven. You were given teaching revelation that will help people walk into miracles, move into the glory. Give me one nugget you were taught. Tell me something that Isaiah taught you from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah.
1: Yes. You know, um, the Bible declares on on the verse 5 that he was uh, wounded for our transgressions. Bruise for iniquities, chastisement of peace was upon him, but by his stripes were healed. He's talking about uh, four different things: wounded for transgressions. Transgressions is the, the the act of sinning, the the exterior thing. Iniquity, like we said earlier, is, is that the inner sin is the, the heart, the inclination of the heart. And and um, I, the Lord reveals something powerful. You know, a wound. He was wounded for transgression. A wound is an exterior cut. And a bruise is an interior damage. So here Jesus, his body was externally cut, so any external sins of yours could be forgiven. And he was internally bruised, so that any internal inclination of your heart could be dealt with. And when I saw that, I realized when the gospel comes and the Spirit of God comes in, he wants to set us free from the things that we keep doing over and over and over. That's a transgression. And he wants to deliver us from the inclinations of the heart. That's the iniquity. When the presence of the Lord comes in, wholeness comes. He deals with transgressions, he deals with the heart, he deals with the chastisement of our peace, that deals with the mind and the word chastisement means to be uh, uh, to be uh, completely damaged and attacked rejected he deals with the mind and here Jesus went to all kinds of accusations and rejection so that we can be whole and healthy in our mind in who we are and then the last result was the healing of the body so what the Lord showed me is if we emphasize on the wholeness of man getting rid of the iniquity and the sin and the transgression the result of that will be a hundred percent the body will line up I will receive healing. We have been focusing on the healing of the body, so they walk away healed, but their their insides have not been dealt with. So eventually, down the road, it reproduces the fruit of sickness again in the life.
0: And so, the, how how do you deal with that?
1: You know, uh, 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 simple. Uh, first of all, it has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, it has to be done with our walk with God. We must. Come to the presence of the Lord and be transparent and be clean and, and let Him know our most intimate things because uh, the Lord knows the chambers of our hearts. You know, when David prayed, David says, you know, Lord, uh, 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 creating me a clean heart and renew uh, the right spirit within me. He talked about the chambers of his heart, you know, and that's where the iniquity hides. And when we allow the Lord to deal with the iniquity and the sins that so easily beset us, like the Bible talks about, and we just live in continuous state of cleansing.
0: I'm sorry, our time is out. Uh, But how would you like to have four CDs of this revelation that he got from heaven? The four CD set is called Teaching from Heaven. And just the glory that comes out as he does these teaching, I think that's enough to cleanse you of anything going on. Uh, But uh, you then are going to start moving in this glory. And I'm excited to tell you that we're bonusing a DVD of Rich Vera ministering here at our television and mentoring studio. The presence of God was so strong, the teaching so rich. We're making the entire package available for a gift of $40. This is the Shabbat broadcast. Let me pray over you. The Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is keeping you. Right now, the Lord, he's smiling upon you right now. He's actually right at your side, smiling upon you right now. The Lord is surrounding you with his favor right now. The Lord is giving you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your body, and in your soul. In the name that is above every problem, Yahshua HaMashiach Zikinu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. Yivarech HaDunai, Vehishmarech Ha Yeradunai, Panavelech To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural!, Visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H. Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.